How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, how are you, sir? Honestly, I'm just here for the hot dogs. You and Tom and tell me. <coughs> Tom. So, Tim, it has officially been one month since we recorded the last Third Line Plug Sensecast episode. Huh. But they've been coming out weekly. They how have. How does that work? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> However, I do have to say on a very serious note, though, that since we recorded those episodes, and we have to start right at the pre-show topics, the death of Brian Murray. Yeah, it's still sad, and he did give a lot to the organization, and uh, yeah, it's honestly, the Senator's organization was lucky to have a man uh, who just gave so much to the organization. Absolutely, man. And I know it's really sad because he died, like, the next day after we recorded those episodes. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we will do. Since we last recorded, we have officially launched our our podcast logo. What do you think? That's pretty spiffy. I love it. I, I really do love it. And we have to give a props to our bud, Andrew Locke, because... I know it couldn't have been easy dealing with us. How many revisions did we send in? Too many. Yeah, no kidding. Too many, but you know what? It was all worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out great. Too bad there's going to be an O. Hey, well, you know what? We couldn't have predicted that. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking of the episodes, Tim, over the last four weeks, have you gotten a chance to listen to those episodes? Uh, yeah, I listened to most. I listened to the last three. Uh, work caught up on me, so I haven't last, listened to the last one. Okay, so what have you been in your thoughts on this episodes? I think I like the short format, but and just kind of the silliness. But yeah, I, I think they were fun. Do you have a personal uh, favorite out of the four? I think I really like the video games one. I was actually surprised that Hockey Hair didn't go as far off the rails as we thought it did. That's true. I gotta say, I do, I do like all four. I am very biased in that regard. However, I'm not too happy how the first two episodes turned out. Yeah, too many dogs. It, that too, but it was just, the sound quality wasn't too great. No. I felt the episodes themselves were really good, but the sound quality was pretty lackluster. Yeah, for some reason I remember there actually being a good spot to record in that house, but once we actually got to it, no such thing. And I found out, I think I'm allergic to your cats, too. Yeah, that sucks. Because, you know what, going back when I was editing those episodes, you can just hear a lot of, and, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that, and I'm just listening going, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, and, like, the weird thing is, is those cats usually aren't that social, either. Maybe cats like me, Tim, I don't know. Or they're out to get you that time. Maybe. <laughs> going back to the Hockey Hair episode, though. I, did, I have to say, I really, really like how that turned out. I think it's because we had no notes on it. We we didn't really know what we were going to say going into it. All we had was the list of names. Yeah, and I feel like by the end of it, it we kind of realized the joke we wanted to settle on. Yeah. I think it really went off, totally went off the rail when I started looking at your phone for the Steven Seagal movie. Yeah, it was basically filling air. Let's yeah, because I could hear you going, uh, uh, the, the, oh, okay, um, uh, San Jose Sharks and their beards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of broke things up, but let's move on from there. Okay. Now, I don't know if you read this article. The blogger sends chirp. He put out an article last week say, stating, the Ottawa Senators are cup contenders. No, of course, I clicked on it because I'm thinking, oh, you know, it could be clickbait. No, he was dead serious, and he wasn't even been drinking. You have to remember that Sense Chirp is the eternal optimist. I do think the Sens are very good, but 
I'm not sure if they took that many steps forward from being like the Sens are obviously playoff contenders, and I think they probably can win a round or two. But saying that they're true contenders might be a stretch. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. I don't think Ottawa is true cup contenders yet. However, I think if uh, some of the rookies step up, like uh, if we see continued steps from Clayson and Harper, then and the Sens be a very good place. Yeah. And Shabbat, by the way, he's killing it in the rookie tournament. Well, he killed the rookie tournament. Like, goddamn, we buried the Habs 8-2. And let's not forget, we also came back from a 3-0 deficit against the Leafs to win 4-3 in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't get to watch much of the rookie tournament, although I did see that one beauty pass from Shabbat that cleaved the top of the circles, and I think it was Shap- Shalpik buried it. One guy who really impressed me in that tournament was Christian Jaros. Yeah. where Did we pick him up in a trade last year? Or? Christian Jaros? Yeah. Or has he been here all along? I think he might have been all... I think he might have been in Ottawa this whole time. Damn. That's the hard thing with the rookie tournament, though, is uh, you've got all these players that were middle-level draft picks. Some of them have played ECHL time, so it's hard to kind of keep a hold of them. Right. One guy who really impressed me... And it's really funny that he did because I know last season he got just shredded apart, and that was Thomas Shabbat. Well, he played a game. Yeah, he played one game. I know, but even last year in the rookie tournament, and he was considered, like, he was just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's a difference a year, like, a star-studded year makes to confidence as well. Mm-hmm. Like, his Q, Q League MVP Memorial Cup appearance... Uh, probably best player on that silver medal team, Team Canada. So, Tim, no, we have to switch gears here, and we have to go into some personal trials for the Sens. Now, this was a topic you wanted to talk about, and I don't have any notes on it, so I'll let you take the reins on it. All right, so it's camp time again, so what we've got is uh, kind of the last chance for free agents to uh, make or break it for this season. Pierre Dorian last week said that he's looking for a few veteran uh, players to pull up on a PTO. Uh, we've already seen one this morning with uh, Chris Vandeveld, uh, formerly of the Philadelphia Flyers, has been invited to camp. Do you think they signed him just so Colin White could have some time in Belleville to get adjusted to the big game? Well, the thing with the PTO is it's conditional, right? Right. So if they like him, they like him. If they don't, they don't. Um... Chris Vandeveld is pretty terrible. Like, I, li- I like the message you sent to me earlier today talking about Vandeveld, and you said, Vandeveld shit. I mean, not like Chris Kelly from last season shit, but shit. Yeah, like, we're talking about a, over a full seat, like, over a full game, he's probably going to have a different, a negative three goal differential. So, on the ice, he's going to be responsible for three more, four, three goals against versus three goals scored, and that's once you even factor out the fact that he's had he gets uh, a lot of penalty kill time. Do you think if he makes the team that he'll be on the penalty kill? Probably. Yeah, and the annoying thing is, is I think that comparing a 30-year-old Vandeveld, who's probably as good as he's ever going to get, compare, and taking away that spot from a Nick Paul, a, Chris, uh, a Colin White, or a Logan Brown, is... I don't, I, yeah, but I didn't see Colin White... Well, maybe not so much Colin White, but I didn't see Logan Brown making the big club this season just because mm-hmm. of the logjam at center. Yeah. Or Nick Paul fitting in at wing. Do you think that Nick Paul maybe would have been a better pick than Vendeville? Easily. Like, Nick Paul's younger. He probably has more. He has an upside. Vandeveld is all Vandeveld's ever going to be. And yeah, but, yeah, but the thing is, if they only bring him in for one year, then they can easily just cut him. Yeah, and I guess if he sucks in tryout, then they don't even have to bring him in. Speaking of PTOs, if you were Pierre Dorian, would you give a PTO to Jerome Aginla and Yarmir Yager? Aginla, no. He He's really regressed over the years. Like, sure, part of that is being on a terrible Colorado team, but even his individual stats are... Like, he's no longer moving the puck where it needs to go. He's not getting into those dirty areas like he used to. Right. I think Aginla's... Jerome Aginlet, I'm not sure he's the type of player you, you want to bring into a team. Yaramir Yager, he's probably the most interested 13th forward I will ever see. 
because I don't think he has 80 games in the tank. But if you play him in 40 games, you're going to get a hell of a good 40 games. So I think Yarmir Yager's worth taking the chance on if you're just going to play him in like that 13th forward role. Right. And make a really interesting dynamic. Because yeah, then I th- be sorry, to... I think if they if they brought Yager in and they could swap him out with Colin White every every other, I don't know yeah. yeah every other game sort of deal. And then Yager, he would also provide an interesting turbo boost option. So say you've got a rough, like you know you've got a rough week coming ahead, again with rival rivalry games. You can you can rest important players and still have a good player option in Yager, or you can put or you can turbocharge your lines with Yager in them. Do you have any more PTOs that you want to talk about? And um, or should you want to go on? Well, Ottawa's already missed the boat on uh, Cody Hodgson, which is a little bit of a shame, especially because it looks like we won't be we won't have the services of Eric Carlson. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll talk about that later in the episode. Mm-hmm. It's Hodgson's one of those weird ones where he's never had bad individual numbers, but for oh, some sorry, reason you mean he always Cody has to fail the eye test. Like, is he it, plays yeah, well, but he never looks him, like he's playing uh, well. Isn't Cody Franz in the defense, not Cody Hodgson? Oh, that's what... I screwed that up. My bad. You blew it. I blew it. Terrible just screwing up names. Okay, so for everybody who's just listening to that, replace Hodgson with Franzen. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the... Yeah, I meant Fran, Cody Franzen. But he's like, yeah, he's one of those guys where it's like... he's always He always silently puts up good numbers... But he just never looks good doing it. Yeah. You never know. He might not do too bad in Chicago, or he'll shit the bed. Yeah. But yeah, this is a guy who is, even in Buffalo, managed to go Corsi even. And that's on a bad Buffalo team, too. Yeah, that's on a terrible Buffalo team. And, like, 20 points on a bad Buffalo team is nothing to sniff at. He was only getting, like, twenty less than 20 minutes a night. If that. Yeah. Like, he was producing very well. So, Tim, the next topic I have here, and this is a very... This is a topic I think every Sens fan can relate to. Tim, Mm -hmm. are you and Chelsea going to be attending the Calgary Flames-Ottawa Senators game in October? Like, the the one Ottawa game we get? Yes. Yep, do it every year. Excellent. Good seats? I haven't bought them yet. I usually buy them off of uh, season's tickets holders. Uh, last year, we got front center in the media level, so it was probably the best nosebleed seats you could get. Okay. Uh, this year, I might see if I can swing uh, bowl t- lower bowl tickets. How much How much did you pay, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, for two tickets, it was 67 bucks, But I bought, them, I bought them secondhand. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think in the bowl, it's probably going to, for both of us, it'll be like 300 bucks. Something like that, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I know the one game that I'll be attending this season, I will be in the lower bowl, but four, four or five rows from the ice. Nice. However, I didn't pay 60-something bucks for my ticket. Yeah. Are you going to a game in Vancouver as well, or just the Heritage Classic? No, just the outdoor game. No, if I was to, do, if I was to go to Vancouver, I would have to do the West Coast road trip, go Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that Vancouver ticket's probably the most expensive one. Yeah, because I think when I went last season, it was 100-something bucks, and I was, like, 11 rows from the ice. Nice. So, like, when you watch the game on TV, how the lower bowl is structured, how where the camera is, and it pans around <laughs> right where it cuts off near the top. I was, like, two rows up from that. <laughs> Actually, I think we might have been had similar seats when I went back in 2010, because they were still they were still able to capture where I was sitting during the anthem. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you pointed it out. It's like, hey, Tim's on. They got Tim on the anthem. Oh yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Well, it's probably because I was wearing my Sens jersey and my mom had a da- a Daniel jersey. Nice. You know what's funny? You're talking about that game. I went back and I watched some of the clips in that. There was one clip where Alex Burrow stripped Eric Carlson of the puck and scored. Yeah. How time changes. Buddy. Yeah, that speaking, was a weird sorry, game. Speaking of TV, though. So, mm-hmm. I was, so I don't know if you have been watching SC with Jan Dan since they've returned. Nope. 
Okay, well, one of us <laughs> has been, and he noticed TSN host Gene Oretta. Now, uh-huh. this is a man who, if you've watched TSN for X amount of years, you would have at least seen TSN's That Talking. He's the host of that show. He threw a little shade at you, bud. Which begs the question, is there a beef? Is there a beef between you and Gino Retta now? I don't know. I don't. Can there be a beef between two people who don't know each other? Could be. Oh, wait. I think that's shade back at him. Uh. (laughs) Enough said. Hot dogs, Tim. Whoa. Yo, that's awesome. Apparently, according to uh, new top... Senators CEO Tom Asselini, the Ottawa Senators have brought new hot dogs into the Canadian Tire Center. Now, and you were telling me about this, Tim. Didn't you say they ate like 30 of them? Hell yeah. I'm not sure if I'm grossed out or jealous. Now, we have to be, Now we have to ask the question, though. Are they the regular size hot dogs? Are they the costco size hot dogs, like the footlongs? Uh, this is a hockey arena. So if they're Costco sized, it's probably like a thirteen dollar hot dog. Let's not kill ourselves. Kid ourselves. Yeah. What are your thoughts However, on Costco hot dogs? Yeah. Yeah. However, this is a pound of grease. That's actually all it is. pretty good for food prices. So who knows? So that wraps up the pre-show topics, Tim. All right. And before we go on to the, the Ottawa store, oh by the way, we didn't even mention what this episode's about. What is it about? This week's episode is the Ottawa Senators storylines for the 2017-2018 season. Hmm. I don't know how, like, I don't know how long we've been into this episode. I can't believe we have waited this long to mention this. It was exciting. Ugh, but Jesus. It's really the topper on the week I've had, you know? First week back, all the kids are back, it's busy as hell. But, thanks to an old friend... Moose said. It's still shit. Ah, oh, that's delicious. Actually, I gotta I, say, it's it's not a good starter beer, though. Keith's is a good starter. I guess. I've actually yeah. cleaned out my house of alcohol. Really? Yeah, it was, uh, I had a bunch of people over for Labor Day, and we just got rid of it. Nice. Like, I had a half a case of Rolling Rock, uh, some, Ye- some Jägermeister. And- oh, Jäger, ugh. Uh, I usually just pour that into Red Bull and it's fine. Yeah. So, is it safe to say that you were seeing Snake Spot? Uh, hmm, hard to say. But it's cool because it's German. Yep. And apparently the guys in Metallica love that stuff too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, Lars. Yeah. Now. We are going to segue into the Ottawa Senator storylines. And hopefully these dogs will stop barking. That would be great. Never. So, Tim, I actually created a little piece of musical... Or a little piece of music for the Ooh, top five sense teams that we ended up not using. Huh. So I feel it's only appropriate we use it to segue into the storylines. And we are going to play it right now. So, Tim, to start the Ottawa storylines of the 2017-2018 season, we have to point out, this is hands down the best team the Ottawa Senators have iced in over a decade. A solid top six, a short bottom six, superstar defenseman and our lord and savior, Eric Carlson, and a solid defense. I don't know, that's pretty high praise because we're comparing it to teams that had... Absolutely dynamite cat, uh, Alfredson Heatley Spezza line with a healthy Red and Anachara. I'd agree with you in a decade when we had crappy Red in, Danny Heatley basically given up. No, no Chara. No Chara. Pascal LeClaire. <laughs> Brian Elliott without a, a solid backup. Ryan Shannon. That year of Chris Ald. Brian Lee. Yo, Brian, no. Ugh. Uh, I, we, a, another Smith. Mike Bruder. Is he is he related to Martin? I don't, I don't think he was. No. Actually, actually, I think he was. I think he was like a distant cousin. Oh, okay. So Which, sorry, fair. did I... I never did mention this to you. 
When I saw the Canucks play the Sens last season, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that I met Bonks Mullet and Trevor Shackles and a few of the bloggers, yep. there was one guy from Twitter I also met, at Ryan wow. Classic, and he was wearing a Mike Bruder jersey. Weird. Which, there you go, he's the one guy with the jersey. Yeah. But we're getting a little off topic. I also mm-hmm. have to point out, Tim, that this season, this is also the first season of what I'm calling the new generation of Senators. Because Chris Neal is gone, Chris Kelly is gone, and of course, the late Brian Murray is no longer with the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's no holdovers from that Stanley Cup run anymore. Nope. Yeah, and it's it's definitely... I'm not sure if it's odd because it was kind of expected, and Chris Neal had been playing a more and more marginal role as the years went by. And let's also not forget Mike Fisher also retired too. Mm-hmm. But, he, I mean, he was with Nashville. That doesn't really count. That, no. But, yeah, I'm honestly... I am very excited for this Ottawa team because, as you said, it is quite solid. And I think it can do things if uh, Freddie Clayson really steps up his game. Uh, the one nice thing is uh, when Clayson and Carlson played together, they really tore it up. I was really happy with those two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, the best, that was by far Ottawa's best pairing. Like even better than Carlson thought. Yeah, I, I, now do you feel that with Clayson and Carlson, that maybe influenced Ottawa to say, Maybe we'll leave Mark Mathot unprotected in the expansion draft. I think so. Um, and I think they made the right move given, like, as much as I do like Mark Mathot as a defenseman. Me too. They made the right they made the right moves given the options they had. So, Tim, like, back, sorry, back when I was talking about the new generation of Sens, Sens Twitter, they were also a buzz this season, or coming into the season, they're going to be just a buzz regarding the very subtle rebranding to the O. Yeah, and I love, I think it's best been described at, by Bonk Smollett as this is the re, the rebrand that isn't a rebrand. Like, and I think the O rebranding has been going a lot longer than we realize. It's just become more obvious now that, like, the official typeface has changed. The O is now at the center of the rink. And it's also... At the front of the CTC. Mm-hmm. But if you also don't know the Sens employees with their email headers and a few things with the team, they're now going with the O. Mm-hmm. But I do have to pose this this point. Do you feel that maybe this is a possible reaction to all the negativity the the fans had to the Adidas jerseys? I'm not sure because again the O it like. The O is like, a very popular jersey, though. Well, it's very popular, and it it started showing up around 2013, 2012, 2013, and then it's just become more common. Like, it's an alternate jersey that actually get, that seems to be used more frequently than most alternate jerseys. And it's odd for the alternate to still be popular after the first two years of it being introduced. I, remember, I recall the Leafs during the early 2000s, they had a third jersey they used in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, but, which, which obviously shows that these third jerseys could be very popular with the fans. Mm-hmm. And, like, I felt like the email headers and stuff were just the next step. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little surprised that the O was on the ice, even though the Adidas jerseys don't have the O on it. That's what took me by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm... I was still waiting for the announcement that the Sens are like, oh, wait, by the way, you remember those Adidas jerseys we're going? Yeah, we're not going with those. We're going with the O. Yeah, those Adidas jerseys, they left a lot to be desired. Yeah, they were, they were just boring. They yeah. were so plain looking. I mean, it was terrible. Honestly, I I do miss those 2007 jerseys, like the jerseys from 2003 to 2007. Was that the was that the black one that with the golden red? That was the alternate. Yeah, okay. That was cool. Yeah, I remember um, you had one of those. Even the sta- yeah, I did. Even the standard home with like the slash of black across it. That was cool. I didn't mind that. Yeah, and then I guess I was the weird kid who liked the alternate jersey that just said Sens on it. Oh, you're a fan of the SNES jerseys? Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. They're they were simple, done right. 
Tim, I know you I can't was... see me, but I'm shaking my head right now at the camera, right at my computer. Do you know how hard those jerseys were to find outside of Ottawa, too? That's not true. I've, I've seen a couple of them on the West Coast. I I didn't even run across. Like, I couldn't find one. There's a few stores in Nanaimo that carried them, I remember. Yeah. I remember, like, we couldn't even find them in Vancouver when we were there for the Suns game. Well, yeah, Tim, it's Vancouver. It's all Canucks gear over there. Yeah, but you'd think a bigger city would carry more off-market stuff as well. Like, Tor- like Toronto has every team in most Yeah, but they've their- got the... No, is it Toronto or New York that's got the NHL store? Uh, Toronto has an NHL store in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think... I'm not sure if... New- I think New York has one, too. Yeah, that's, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. I think it's New York that has it. Tim, I know I didn't put this in my notes, though, but I read that Eugene Melnick has hinted at the possibility of the 2D logo coming back. Hmm, that'd be interesting. And seeing how a certain podcast is using a variation on the 2D logo, it would be a very nice touch if they brought him back. Yeah. Just saying, Eugene. Wink, wink. Yeah, and it might make us look a little less silly with the sender's head going forward after the big ol' O has been selected. Yeah, but you know what? We've been through this. We have. Uh, Going on to the next topic here. The Canadian Tire Center reduced seating by 1,500. Now, look, I recall back in the second round recap, we discussed the Ottawa Senators not being able to sell games. But it seems like now social media, as well as those Toronto blowhards, Tim has said, are saying that we're not a good fan base. Uh, they can go pound sand. I mean, look, I don't really want to go that deep into this because we've already talked about this. And you were very adamant in saying, you says, look, a lot of people in Ottawa are government workers. The Phoenix pay system sucks. Like, there's people who still haven't gotten their full pay yet. And I don't think that system's going to be resolved for a very long time. Um, But I do understand removing the seats because it does allow them to extract extra revenue from the remaining seats. So it might be a better way to keep the team profitable in the long run because I do believe that sports tickets are typically it their price inelastic. So that means demand re- responds less to price hikes. So did you're better see, off did you raising see the, the Red price. Blacks tweet regarding the 1500 seats they said they got them from the sends. I think they were what was the wording they said slightly used or something? <laughs> I was like, ouch, Jesus, they're Red Blacks. Yeah. Go back to what I was saying about, the Tim and, about Tim and Sid mentioning this, and I did watch that video, they talked about it, and then they made a point of saying it's because the Sens don't win, and this is why the fans don't come, which, over the past couple of seasons, I mean, we've, I mean, look, we missed the playoffs 2014, 2016, so, look, I understand from the fans' perspective, like you were saying, they're not being paid. And why would they go out to Canada to watch a losing team? Well, what I find kind of funny is that, for all intents and purposes, the Sens weren't losing in 2015 or 2017. Like, the Sens teams have generally been competitive right up to the end in, even in 2014 and 2016. Yeah, but if you recall last season, I mean there really wasn't a whole lot of excitement going into the season. It was just sort of, okay, we'll see how Gibushu does. We'll see how Pierre Dorian does. Yeah, and, and I guess... The fans really didn't know what to make of it. And I, I even I was sitting here watching games, and I didn't... I was like, oh, that's cool. The, the games are back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess what's really interesting, then, is I think that really does speak to a failing on the part of Cyril Leader. And... Given that that situation pretty much emerged within a year, I think that does make it grounds for rightful dismissal. Like Cyril had did a lot, has done a lot for the organization, but I feel like if that that's a situation that can emerge in one year, then there's been like the marketing hasn't been up to snuff, and the organization hasn't been moving in the right ways. And as president, he kind of has to take responsibility. Yeah, well, I know that we have a superstar in Eric Carlson, and you really don't see a lot of advertisement with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you might see guys like Crosby, Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, that Austin guy who I think he plays for the other Ontario team. 
you know, yeah. like that. And I think, well, the big thing is Carlson's been kind of screwed out of his rightful recognition because the good old Canadian boys club doesn't want to admit that the best defenseman possibly ever isn't Canadian. Yeah, and he's in the top three players currently in the league. Yeah, like, and that has led him to being shut out from media, which basically means he's shut out from endorsements. Well, Tim, maybe they haven't looked right into his eyes. No, obviously they haven't. And it's honestly, it's pretty bad that he's only just gotten his dues this year, even though he's been lighting up the league for four or five years. I remember, I recall during the playoffs, people were saying, oh, this is Carlson's coming out party. No, it's not. His coming out party was four or five years ago when he won his first Norris Trophy. Or maybe even the year that he scored a point per game. Yeah, that too. The defenseman then repeated it. Or he had 82 points in 82 games and didn't win the Norris. Because of the good old Canadian boys club. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to step in and maybe... I think this is a rant that we'll continue to see grow over the seasons, and this is an NHL-wide trend. Okay, I'll just grab my beer and I'll sit back and listen. I think we're going to see NHL players, like former NHL players as commentators, they're going to start, I think they're going to lose a lot of their influential power. And this is because, first off, anyone has a platform on Twitter and their blog. Second, this has allowed people, like more analytical types, or even just scouts or former scouts, former organization members to bring more nuanced discussion. And for the longest time, broadcasters like TSN and Sportsnet blocked all these people out and only brought in people who played as players. And it kind of maintained this group think where you had to be this big, tough, gritty guy, even if that wasn't necessarily what helped a team win the game. And this is why you've seen such a resistance to any different type of commentary about players like have you noticed whenever someone even makes a passing mention of analytics guys like don cherry or uh oh why am i blanking on uh who's the guy i hate not craig button um, but that's a good question uh, whatever i think there's a few of them cat neely cam neely whenever you mention analytics those you can tell their backs get right up and they just start slamming, screaming about nerds and math and that sort of stuff. No, sorry, was it It was Mike Milbury. Mike, guys like Mike Milbury, Jeremy Roenick, like all those sorts of guys, they, they come out and instinctually, like it's an instinct, they hate it, they want to kill it. That's because they're afraid. They know that anyone can have a platform anymore. And I think deep down, they know they don't have anything really that interesting to say that... A, I can't figure out from watching the game, or B, I can't figure out from going to a source on Twitter who's probably A, more conscientious, B, more thoughtful, and B, and C, free. Like, does it make sense where I'm coming from? No, no, you, no, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, so, like, I think the big trend that we're going to continue to see is uh, that we're going to see Twitter, like, people on Twitter are going to continue there they might even start dro- driving some of the narratives now yeah i see that absolutely especially the next five ten years i, I don't think happening. it's gonna be that long i think it's gonna be two okay well you know what if that happens i'll hold you to it yeah so uh well if we're gonna be holding me to it we have to come up with something that's a a bet b something we can record and c if I'm wrong, I have to be punished. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. And we have it recorded here. It's on the air. All right, so... Well, that was a nice I... little rant, Tim. Should we go on to our next one? No, story? no. We're holding me to something here. Yes, because we are. what I'm going to say is that there, we'll have to see one major breakthrough or story from either analytics Twitter or a non-traditional hockey source becomes so big that the media can't ignore it this year. You heard it here first, everybody. And if I lose, I will have to drink probably a case of Moosehead in one sitting. If that happens, I will personally fly to Calgary to see that happen. Yeah, that is the bet. Okay. So the first story we got to talk about is 
the health of Eric Carlson. Now, as everybody knows, Eric had surgery in June to repair the fractures in his foot. And he hasn't skated all summer. I don't expect him to be at 100% until November. Now, I was reading today that he might start skating again in the next couple of weeks. But everybody online is making such a big deal out of it. Like, oh, look at Ottawa. They'll totally sink without Eric Carlson. Uh, okay, do you not recall the 2013 season when he was out the entire season? Granted, it was a ha- half season, but it's still a season, isn't it? Yeah, but didn't we also have Jason Spezza? We did. The hard thing, though, is Eric Carlson is definitely the, the stick that stirs Ottawa's drink. And you can see how a bad, like a deep, a depleted defense can get a team into problems. Like, uh, just look how shaky Pittsburgh was in like the second round, like the second round. And even in some of the games they won in Ottawa against Ottawa, that defense was committing so many errors that Ottawa was legitimately in a few of them. So I think any team missing their star defender or their star player is generally in trouble. Yeah, but I don't think Ottawa's going to be... I don't think we're totally going to sink without Eric. I think the team will come together and they will play hashtag the system and will win some games. Yeah, and I think that... And also, let's not forget, Tim, this, this will also be a good spotlight for the young guys like Thomas Shabbat to come up and make a big a big name out of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good opportunity for Freddie Clayson and Ben Harper to step up further. The one worry I have, though, is nowhere Carlson could extirpate, like, the attendance issues. Like, he is legitimately one of the most in- most impressive players I've ever had the blessing of watching play hockey. Same. And you have to imagine without him on the ice, maybe a few less people go to the game. Yeah, I mean, look, look, he'll be back in November, late October, whenever it be, so I don't think it's going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't think it's season... I don't think it ruins Ottawa's season. No. But it might put some stress on the... It might put some stress on them towards the end of the season. Yeah, but uh, look, I expect Eric to be at 100% and play really good by then. Oh, yeah. I think once we have 100% Carlson back, then Ottawa goes on a neat little tear. Mm-hmm. So getting away from Eric Carlson, we're going to talk about his teammate, Craig Anderson. Now, of course, last season, he missed quite a bit of last season due to his wife battling cancer. And he didn't have the greatest playoff up until they played the Penguins. But this is a storyline that I don't think a lot of people really are giving that much attention to. And that is the future of Craig Anderson in Ottawa past this season. Because this is his final year of his contract. So it's a contract year. And he will be 37 in May 2018. The interesting thing about Craig is we haven't really seen that many signs of him regressing yet. No. And... To go back to what I was saying, I read somewhere today that the Sens are in healthy discussion with Kyle Turris and Craig Anderson. Now, look, I don't know what healthy talks means, I but I suspect it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, my intuition means is they initiate talks, both team, all parties either are on the same page about going forward or have moved to starting to narrow the ballpark on contract terms. Okay, if you were Pierre Dorian going into the summer, what would you give Eric? Not Eric, Craig. Craig Anderson, I think it. if we start to see signs of regression this year, um, then I don't think I'd feel comfortable giving him a big contract, but I think I'd probably be willing to give him $3 million per. That's not bad. I mean, look, Ottawa doesn't per have much season. in the way of goaltending depth. Outside mm-hmm. of Mike Condon, who he's a good starter short term. Marcus Hodbird, who didn't play great in the rookie tournament against the Leafs. And then, I mean, who do, you have, who do we have outside of that? I guess he's still, like, Chris Dreiger, but... Yeah. That poor kid's been... I think his confidence has been destroyed. Uh, the Hamburglar still exists, but I don't think he's coming back. No, because he is currently recovering from hip surgery, and I think the Sens might buy him out. Yeah. And... It's honestly a bit of a shame that Leonard was the the casualty of a goalie logjam. Yeah, uh, but when he played, though, you got to also remember, Tim, he wasn't 
outstanding. Good. He was very hot, cold, hot, cold, and guys would just fire the puck at him, and he was like Swiss cheese that went right through him. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's like, it's annoying that he couldn't break out in Ottawa. Yeah. I guess the same with Zibanejad. Zibby didn't do too bad, but you know what? It was best for the team that he got dealt to the Rangers because now he's a number one center with the Rangers, and we got Derek Broussard, who's fit perfectly as a second-line center. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle Turris is a legitimate number one. Oh, absolutely. So, Tim, let's talk about some young guns. And this is another story that I want to talk about. And that is Thomas Shabbat and Colin White making the Ottawa Senators for 2017-2018. Now, look, it's pretty much a lock. Thomas Shabbat will make it. Mm-hmm. Colin White, I think, is also going to make it. I would much rather see... Like I said, I'd much rather see Shabbat play in Belleville. But with Eric Carlson being out, they will obviously bring him up to the big club. Colin White, I would rather now see in Belleville because he's only played... I mean, I what's a college season? 36, 37 games at that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so if you put him in Belleville, he'll play a full season. He'll get hopefully get adjusted to playing in the pros. Mm-hmm. And also, I put in my notes about Ben Harper possibly starting the season with Carlson being out. Mm-hmm. But, I- however... According to Wikipedia, if you go onto the Ottawa Senators page and you look up Ben Harper's name, yeah. it shows him as a right-handed shot, even though he's a left-handed shot. Oh, that's weird. Seriously, get your shit together, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I guess the interesting thing, though, is uh, about Colin White is... Earlier today, Guy Boucher was made a remark that I think is probably half-joking, is that his ideal team would be 20, 35-year-olds. I did see that. That does suggest that Guy Boucher probably doesn't hand out chances to rookies unless he absolutely has to, which I think does put a a bit of a softer point on uh, Colin White. Um, although I do think that that is a little worrying with uh, like an older Johnny Oduya might take minutes from a potentially better uh, Harper or Shabbat. Yeah, but I feel if Johnny Oduya is on the lineup, he'll be a very good mentor for some of the young guys on the team. Mm-hmm. But then again, you can always have him being a mentor off the ice as well. Yeah, and then that's what that's what Patrick Marlowe is going to be in Toronto this coming season. Yeah. Although I've got a feeling that because they paid this guy so much money and he's such a big name, there might be some interference from above to get Marlowe more minutes than he deserves. Yeah. And that was a lot of money. Oh my God, that was a lot of money. Look, I mean, I have said here on the show, or I think I've said here on the show, that I like the Marlowe signing. I don't like the contract. However, yeah. and you could correct me if I'm wrong, isn't in the third year they have an option to buy him out? I think so. But still, it's that's a lot for a 37-year-old. Yeah. That would be yeah. like if Ottawa just gave that kind of money to Craig Anderson for next season. Or Johnny Oduya now. Wow, would have been the worst thing we've ever done. Yeah, no kidding. Gonchar. Actually, the Gonchar contract was big. But I think it did pay off in the long run because I think Eric Carlson grew out of it. Yeah. I think that's what the Leafs are going for with Marlowe. But yeah, speaking about Eric Carlson, we're entering into his final contract year. Oh my god. This is the one of the stories that... We will talk about throughout this season, and of course, it is a contract year for Kyle Turris, Mark Stone, Cody Cece, Freddie Clayson, and of course, our Lord and Savior, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. Well, I think we all know what sort of contract Eric Carlson is going to get. Yep, ten million. Yep, league maximum. But let me pose a question to you. Do you feel Ottawa could go more than $10 million on Carlson, though? Because $10 million, I think that is absolutely what they're going to pay him. Ten mm-hmm. per, but he could go up. I think it also depends on what the CBA allows to pay because the contract cap is dependent on overall salary cap growth. Right. So Eric Carlson's, what they might end up paying Carlson might be determined by league and economic movements okay because i think i guess the question is is 
does Eric Carlson take a hometown discount? Ooh, that's a good question. Maybe. You never Maybe. know, right? I mean, Eric likes playing in Ottawa, and they came within one goal going to the finals. Maybe he does take a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Turris does. Okay. Now, let me just ask you, Tim. If you were Pierre Dorian, and I will present the three names here, of Turris, Stone, Clayson, CeCe, per year in overall contract, what would you give Kyle Turris? Kyle Turris, let's see. I just, I'm just going to quickly look up some of his comparables. But Kyle Turris, let's see who is he around. Uh, who the hell's still playing in here? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, he's probably going to get something similar to I'm like Matt Zuccarello or Ryan O'Reilly. Turris and Stone. Yeah, I think like uh, Tur- Turris is probably getting like six. At least. At least. I would I, be very comfortable if they gave him six mil per. Yeah, I think Turris gets in the six to seven range. Mark Stone probably the seven to seven point five. What would you give Clayson? Uh, Clayson's still RFA, right? Yes. Him uh, and CC are I think they take him to arbitration. Really? Yeah. Do you think maybe his play this season, if he plays well enough, they'll say, we'll just over, we'll go move past arbitra- arbitration, and just give you a contract? Hard to say, especially with Ottawa's money woes. And Ottawa does tend to file for arbitration a lot. Because didn't they do that with... No, it was Dezingle, wasn't... They've done it with Dezingle. They, they filed with Hoffman. They filed with Pajot. They fought... Oh, like, they, they did with Pajot, okay. They always file. I think the big thing with... Yeah, Clayson is it depends how the season goes because he could end up making, like, five. Okay. Again, I'm pretty high on Clayson. He's very good with the puck. And he's very confident. That's the one thing I really like about him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Clayson is what we thought Cody Cece was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's Cody a good point. Cece, this is a make-or-break year for him. Absolutely. Now, with all of these contract years coming up for 2017-2018, there is going to be a lot of money thrown around, and Ottawa doesn't exactly have the most cap room. Which leads us to our last story, and that is a possible move for your Dion Phaneuf, Bobby Ryan, or Cody Cece. Out of the three... No, just for salary-wise. That's what I'm trying to go with. Yeah. I think out of the three... I think Bobby Ryan has the most trade value, followed by Cody Cece. Oh, well, okay. That would make sense, given Bobby Ryan's playoff performance last year. Mm-hmm. I don't see Cody CC. I see CC having the least amount of trade value. I see Ryan Phaneuf CC. The reason why I say Cody CC has the most trade value is I think most of the league is still under the delusion that Cody CC is very good. And you know what? He could be. He could be if he goes to another team and he finally has a breakout season, which I think he's been bogged down by the high expectations that were put on by the fans and the team itself. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that happen before. Like, it happened at Justin Schultz when he went to Pittsburgh, but you also have to remember that Justin Schultz went from being the, the guy in Edmonton to being a third-liner in Pittsburgh. Like, I think one thing that can help Cody Cece is maybe he gets bumped down to third-line duties and gets just easier minutes. Yeah, I think that w- I, I personally feel that should help him if they were to do that. Mm-hmm. But or at one point, with do you just say enough's enough with CC? Yeah, I think uh, Bobby Ryan. You could probably get something decent for Bobby Ryan again, especially after that playoff performance, and if it continues into next year. Dion Phaneuf, we're eating salary either way. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many teams that can afford his salary. Mm-hmm. So I think Ottawa's just kind of stuck on that one. Yeah. So, Tim, that basically wraps up the stories for 2017-2018, bud. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have anything that you want to add story-wise that we should talk about before we close out for another night? Uh, We'll have to keep a track on how hot, how delicious those hot dogs are. Yep. I think we've established Costco dogs not exactly the best thing in the world. Although the sample tables are good, though. Yeah. I don't know. 
maybe I should start going to Costco to get some of those sample dogs. Well, they don't give hot dogs at the sample tables. Really? Lame. Yeah, I mean, look, they don't... They might give out, like, crackers with cheese or... Uh, like a little piece of meat or something. Or cleaning products, which... I want to file a complaint with Costco. First of all, your sample tables should always be food. I live Wait. by the mantra of be food or be nothing. How do you use a set in-store sample of a cleaning product? I don't know how they do it, but I know what the food... You can eat that. That's a, that's a very easy sample and a salt. Like, what am I going to do? Drink the bleach? Well, you shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe if Toronto wins the cup. <laughs> yeah, like that's ever going to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps up this episode for the 2017-2018 Send Storylines, bud. All right. We'll have to keep a track on our little bet to end the season. Absolutely. First of all, actually, you know what I didn't mention as well? We're mm-hmm. on iTunes now. Really? Yeah. I know I had some trouble trying to figure that out, but I figured it out. And we're going to top. We're gonna start with that for the close. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. Like I mentioned, we are on iTunes. You can look us up, Third Line Plug Sensecast. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. We are also on Twitter, at Third Line Plug I am Great White Gipster. That is G-R-8-W-Y-T-E. Tim is M901 Honey Badger. And if you want to email us to talk about Costco sample tables, sends going with the O, or how Moosehead's not a great starter brew. You can also email us at thirdlineflexsensecast at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that's all we have for this hour, so... Until next time, guys, I am your host, Jerry Gibson. And this is Tim Jensen. Go Sands, guys. Hot dogs! So long, my time here is up. They're going home!